Hey, home growers, Parker Curtis here from Homegrown Cannabis Co. Before Chronic gets into another awesome podcast, I have another free seed deal to let you guys know about over at Homegrown Cannabis Co. We're giving away four free lemon drizzle autoflower seeds with every order. The sought after indica heavy hybrid is the ultimate evening dessert, filling your mouth with sweet flavors before sending you to bed. So head over to homegrowncannabisco.com, fill your basket and use code lemons. That's L-E-M-O-N-S at checkout. I'll be back later with some more info on this delicious strain. Enjoy the show. What's up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you'd like to get your podcast from? I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on Instagram and YouTube, and I'm back with another amazing episode of the Homegrown Podcast brought to us by Homegrown Cannabis Co. Be sure to smash that like button, comment any questions down below, and subscribe or follow along on whichever platform you are listening from to show your love to Homegrown Cannabis Co. for making this show actually happen and stay steady. Whoop, whoop. We love steady shows, right? <laughs> Definitely check out Homegrown. Ca- uh, I stutter every now and then. Once in a blue moon. Definitely check out homegrowncannabiscode.com uh, to browse their top-notch cannabis seeds. Like The new strains are absolutely phenomenal. I will give a hint for those who uh, are not are, are, are curious, but maybe they need a little oomph or a little push to head over to the new strain section. Durban Poison Autoflower might be one of them. So definitely check that out. Uh, some seriously amazing heat coming in and uh, uh, some strains from Alaska, which is pretty cool. So that's fun. Um, and yeah, without further ado, we aren't blabbing about new strains in this episode. We are talking about cannabis and art. That's right. So make sure to grab whichever way you love to consume. I haven't said that in a while. Hit a big old glob or drop a nice edible into your stomach and let that absorb and get you nice and high and all sorts of feeling good. Um, As we blaze into this episode, it's been a long time since I did one of those original kind of intros. it's, It's been so many episodes. Now, I will say for those listening only in your car, if you listen to this episode, it will be a it'll be a fun episode to listen to, no doubt for sure. If you do want to check out the YouTube version, I am actually going to have some art to display of some things and art pieces that I have done or things that I like to create when I get stoned or when I get you very euphoric from a nice sativa or uh, a good edible or RSO or something. So I will be show- showcasing some of those art pieces. I will explain what you're seeing, obviously, on screen for those listeners who, you know, aren't going to uh, watch or are only listening. And that's totally fine. I'll make sure to be as descriptive as, a, uh, descriptive as I can. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll post some of this art on my story when this podcast comes up. And you guys can check out some of the actual pieces on my story. I very rarely post art on my cannabis page, but usually when I do, most of the people like it. So let's talk about art. Are you an artist? Do you like to do art? Do you like to doodle on fuzzy fo- uh, fuzzy posters so that you can color in the lines without messing up? Do you like to do coloring books or stencils or do you just like to draw in general? Are you a good artist? Are you one of these really, really amazing natural-born portrait artists? Are you just somebody who likes to build Legos or mechanically build things? Or do you like to build, do pottery? Or maybe you web design or develop games or do all sorts of things. Art comes in all forms. Whenever I'm not working, which is pretty much all the time because I do run multiple businesses and I am trying to essentially retire from tattooing professionally. So woo, 
if anyone has actually followed along, I have been a professional tattoo artist for many years. I am in the process of kind of like basically finalizing all the projects that I need to finalize. And then I will be uh, closing shop eventually and focusing on complete cannabis breeding and all sorts of fun things to come in the future. Now, I don't say that, sadly, by any standards. I'm actually very enthralled by that. Um, my back and my neck and just a lot of things have taken a beating. And I know I can't tattoo forever. However, I am young. Uh, I will still tattoo. Uh, I'll travel and tattoo. And I'll keep my license. And I'll do guest spots and things like that. So I'll probably still do tattooing here and there. But owning my own business, I don't really want the headache of it. Rent and all sorts of things. Even though I have a wonderful location. like my, I have the best landlord you could ever ask for. Um, it is a seriously wonderful, wonderful setup. So I am going to try to convince maybe someone to work in my shop. We'll see. We'll see what I do with that. But myself, I myself don't want to continue tattooing, although I love it. I love it. It's a wonderful form of art that I like to do when I smoke. Oh, oh, what? He tattoos when he smokes. Yes, that's right. I do. I've done it for many years. Not what at the start, though. For actually about two years of uh, first year and a half to two years of my career, I refused to really get stoned. Uh, occasionally, I would take a, uh, I would, I would smoke in between appointments when I had hours. I had food in, in my system, or if I was really in pain. Um, but I refused to get like high, high. I was, I was very nervous about it. I did not want to mess up. I wanted to focus on line work and all sorts of things, saturation, not messing my clients up. Um, I wanted to be a good tattoo artist, you know what I'm saying? And I like to pride myself. I like to think, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of these, uh, false tattoo artists. My portfolio showcases when I had all of my tattoos up on my Instagram, which it started to get cluttered. I had over a thousand and uh, it was starting to get very cluttered on what style I did. People were always confused coming to me for like different styles. And I was just like, holy shit, I need to just like put my color realism on there, some geometric and some black and gray. That's what I like doing. I don't really want to do a whole bunch of other things, but I do very rarely. I do take specific projects based on the client. And, uh, you know, if I find that style fun at the time, but I would post all of my tattoos, and I would like to say that from the start, I was fundamentally strong. Maybe you might not like the uh, uh, subject matter, because I mean, that's like bias, but I'd say fundamentally, I've always gotten compliments on my line work and uh, my saturation, and that is because I did not smoke at the start, and I paid attention. However, however... I absolutely did smoke cannabis and have smoked cannabis for many years of tattooing. It has helped alleviate my pain, get me into more creative states. Um, I'm a, I, I definitely have been able to, especially with cover-ups, when cover-ups are, I, one of the hardest cover-ups uh, is one of the coolest clients ever, him and his wife. Um, shout out to them. They're amazing. Um, I'm not going to say their names. I try to not say names on my podcast just to keep people private, but they gifted me uh, actually my favorite artist. Um, yeah, so I have a few favorite artists. So one of them is going to be cliche. I think, uh, Michelangelo is just a phenomenal artist, uh, to paint the Vatican based off of Sanskrit depictions of what people had seen in these altered states. And then to just paint it with no reference. It's not like the man had Google. Um, and then also to not just be a painter, but to be a sculptor. Uh, people don't realize how hard sculpting is. It's not like pottery where you're building something up. You're chipping away. Sculpting is unremarkably hard. It is You have to be able to see the world in such a different viewpoint that, man, uh, I have no 
doubts that man was chiefing on some of that good old cannabossum. <laughs> if you don't know what that that word means, go check out the History of Cannabis podcast that I did. We it, I go into how cannabis has been in religion and all sorts of various things for years is known as cannabossum. But anyways, we're going to get back to art. <laughs> uh, Michelangelo is one of my favorites. Now I have uh, Da Vinci, which, it, you know, obviously Da Vinci is, is a very solid one. I... I don't choose Da Vinci on mine. So I personally, I'm an oil painter kind of guy. Um, I actually have a painter named Phil Garcia, who's a tattoo artist, who I think his paintings are just, my gosh, they're beautiful. I always wanted to get one of his tattoos, and I'm not sure if I will be able to because he's getting at the point in his career where he's looking at retiring and he's only taking certain clients. And it was it was my dream since I was a kid to get a tattoo by him. And I just haven't, I literally have never had the funds to uh, get far enough west to be situated enough to travel to California and spend the money on the piece I wanted because it was the neck, my neck I wanted him to do. And I told myself I would not do my neck until I get my sleeves and my torso. I'm just not going to be one of those people that have a neck tattoo and nothing else, you know, even though don't get me wrong, I have my hands, but like, it might sound goofy. This is not all the tattoos I have. My whole, I have almost two leg sleeves. So in shorts, I look very, very heavily tattooed, but I want to finish my, my arms and my extremities first. But he has these paintings, which one day I will purchase. Um, and they are just unremarkable oil paintings. And I love it, love it, love it, love it. Now, the numero uno painter. So these are these are my top three, and they all kind of take like number one spot. But like I would say, the number one that has this just a little oomph above them is the one that was actually gifted to me, and it was very it's very dear to my heart because this was hands down still is. I still need to finish a couple of sessions on him. I I need to get out his way, and um, he lives in a very remote part of Wyoming. Um, but uh, I need to get out his way and just finish that sleeve. But it was, we're nine sessions in, 10 sessions in, I think. And I've successfully covered up, I would say 95% of his arm. There's still like five to 8% left of his arm to be covered. So I'm not going to go too in depth. Uh, obviously, this is why I don't say names, but this gentleman unfortunately had an ex wife who was very, very poorly treated him in the sense of uh, he was, he was in the middle of a tattoo session. She explains to him that she is with another guy. The guy happens to be at the shop and she leaves with this gentleman. And obviously any any person, whether it's man, man or woman, vice versa, whether the tables are turned, you would be devastated. And he was. And him and his artist, which it's not in his artist's best interest to promote this or do this as the artist, got super drunk together and did this. When I say scarred, it was extremely scarred. Um, and it was just unlegible it was like a five-year-old trying to draw simpsons tattoos on a whole sleeve in 18 hours in one go and it was by far the heaviest darkest black areas purples and and just i lines bold lines everywhere they were blown out and i was just like oh my gosh this is a nightmare sleeve to cover so i literally got super 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 stoned um, and this is when, <laughs> so when I was living in Wyoming and I had a eight foot Columbia red tail boa that was actually, uh, rehabilitating with cannabis, which is a cool story. If you guys want to hear about that, maybe I'll talk about cannabis and pets and stuff like that in the next episode. Um, drop it down in the comments. If you're on YouTube, if you want to, if you do want to, uh, hear that episode of cannabis and pets and you want to hear the story of Medusa. But anyway, so 
I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm chiefing away in my room and I'm on my iPad because I draw on my iPad, I procreate and stuff like that. Um, and I have a little app pencil and it's, it's so much easier, less paper. I used to be old school. I used to do all, I still have all my, uh, actually I'll, that'll be one of the first showcases. I think I'll, I'll stop and showcase. So, um, what I'm, what I'm showing on camera is I still have all of my old stencils and, uh, lots and lots of tattoo stencils and some of the early, uh, things that I did. Like I, I have a biomechanic piece that I fully drew, um, I drew a lot of my stuff on this paper because what I'll do is I'll take my sketches and I'll relay, I'll put my transparent paper over my sketches and I'll essentially add more detail, add more detail, add more detail until I end up with something. And this tattoo is actually on my Instagram, which uh, you guys can check that out if you do want. I posted on the Cannabis Chronicles like in my little description so you can you can see that. Um, now, these are these are how tattoos initially uh, get done. And like some of these I've never even tattooed, you know, some of these I've just wanted to tattoo. Um, you can see I, I have this one right here that I, I would love to freaking do, man. That would be so sick. All right. So what you guys have seen so far, for those listening, um, are transparent paper. So there's transparent drawing paper that tattoo artists, and honestly, I recommend anyone who uh, wants to draw while you're um, like on mushrooms or cannabis or any, uh, you know, you're doing that kind of like mushroom tea stuff or, um, doing ayahuasca and you're coming back and you're finally like coming down. You want to like do your, your dream journal type trip journal type thing. And you want to sketch, sketch all your stuff in picture form and then take transparent paper and just kind of like make it more detailed to what your brain remembers. Cause you already have like the fundamentals there. Um, and essentially same thing with drawing, man, this is how you get better. So I have a biomechanic kind of, uh, gear piece it's like a piston shaft I, I don't know shit about mechanics i literally am let me tell you something i sold i sold a jeep and a couple a dirt bike to two different gentlemen who claim to be mechanics and i flat out to their faces said i am no mechanic i have taken these two people who claim to be mechanics here's the work i had done on them here is receipts this is what they said don't go above this don't cold start this one what do you know? Dude cold starts the dirt bike when he gets home, blows it up, blames me, says he wants his money back. I said, no, yeah, I said, no, uh, <laughs> it wasn't my fault. You didn't listen. Uh, I had the text and everything. It was good. Then the other guy told him it's a 1996 Jeep Cherokee. Um, it has a rebuilt engine. It's very cold and why it was negative 25. It was negative 47 for a week straight, but that particular day it was negative 25. This was after that week. Told him, do not go past 55. You will probably blow it up. Like it, it needs to be on for at least an hour, an hour and a half, two hours to really get warmed up. You'll crack the shit out of it. People crack their Jeeps all the time doing that stuff. Old vehicles, old trans. It had a new engine in it. Just you'll crack something uh, when it's fucking negative. It's been negative 40 for a week and I only started it for 10 minutes a day to 20 minutes a day, bro. Like, you know, I, I, I'm i no mechanic, but I'm going to put some rocket signs and say when I have to start my car for five minutes in 10 degree weather, you might need an hour in negative 10 and it was negative 20. <laughs> so he cracked it. And so I'm no, I'm no mechanic, but you're looking at some pistol thingy with skin tears that goes on a forearm. So it went on this guy's forearm, kind of like where my dog tattoo is and where my professor Snape is. It goes on the inside of a forearm. 
And it was a very nicely done. It was black and gray. I had a lot of fun. It was on a mechanic who's actually a very good mechanic. This was actually um, my favorite mechanic of the town. He bought my CBR 919 and uh, he does hood rat stuff on it. It's great. I love it. <laughs> now, the uh, the other stuff is uh, the other the other piece that I showed that I like that I really had a lot of fun with my old sketches when I was um, drawing all these designs uh, early in the day on paper was a bear and like line work. So this is like a, I don't, it's a Pinterest tattoo. So there's like some little dainty peony. There's a peony. There's a couple of peonies. There's a rose. There's some like little cherry things. There's a little bird. Um, and it's in a triangle and there's some of the leaves are going over, you know what I'm saying? And there's like some geometric behind it. The bears kind of got a roaring thing. This was supposed to go on the center of a back, maybe on a thigh. Um, a nice big flat section where I could stab it. <laughs> now, back to my cover up. So I I have a ton of these uh, that I I used to do. I mean I have loads and loads in here. I'll show on screen what it looks like when I finally finalize a design and I I get my stencil. So this is what an old. It's gotten smeared a little bit. But this was a piece I did on an apprentice while I was tattooing. She was an apprentice at the shop, and I did this on her back. I, I probably need to touch up some tiny places all these years, but she she showed me pictures of it, and it looks great after all this time. This is one of the first color moths I did. I actually got to do a really pretty color moth on her back. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. I, I had a lot of fun with that one. So uh, for those looking, it's like one of those Luna moths with the little fuzzy antennas and – it was kind of like in a really cool, almost triangular-like shape. Had the little tails on it. It was very pretty. It was a green, very nice color green. But back to the story of the the worst cover-up ever and my gifted art. This gentleman. So you see, I spent many years drawing on transparent paper. Well, drawing on Procreate is so much easier, especially when you have a sleeve as messed up as this gentleman's sleeve. This gentleman's sleeve is so messed up. So I got super, super baked. I'm sitting there. I am absolutely uh, stumped. And then I just go, you know what? There's this one thing I've been doing a lot lately. I ended up having to freehand. And listen, I always tell every person that comes to me for the style, because if you are Poly Polynesian, I don't need to be uppercutted by you when I meet you because you're mad at me. I tell them that I only learned, I only know what I know from Polynesian art from a gentleman who actually learned from Polynesians. And he taught me a little bit about the stuff, enough to tattoo it if someone ever comes to me that cannot afford to go to a true Polynesian artist, does not have the means, funds, anything like that. There are a lot of, uh, there are not a lot of rich people. There are a lot of rich people in Wyoming, but the the bell curve for how rich people are is just at how poor people are. So, be understanding that, you know, my rates in Wyoming and my rates through tattooing have always been on the lower end of things because I wanted to appeal to more clients to be able to help more clients get good artwork. Um, and that's not calling my Wyoming clients poor. There was a lot of them that were not poor, um, but there is a lot of people who you cannot afford artwork like that you know what i'm saying so um and especially especially good polynesian man you're talking about thousands of dollars sometimes like good polynesian can run you 6500 or more a sleeve it's not a joke it's good artwork is is not cheap you know it, it really does take a lot so 
I always tell my clients, listen, I'm not a true Polynesian. If you want real Polynesian, you should definitely go to someone from Polynesia or someone who is Samoan or um, basically just, you know, hey, listen, here is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell the story that I was told to create um, as a general guide, and I'm not going to stray from that. And here's the shapes and things that we're going to do. I've had really amazing experiences with Polynesian and then actually my worst experience as a tattoo artist with a client um, where I tried to help him out, tried to do everything. I tried to do everything I could as a, as a tattoo artist for this guy. He wanted me to create a sleeve in three days, which I already told him was pretty much impossible. So I told him, okay, you have to sit extremely still. And this gentleman drank five Red Bulls three to five Red Bulls. I believe it was five because I remember there was like five cans, four cans in my shop and he had one can leaving. So about five cans during the tattoo. And it was only about a three and a half to five hour session the first day because he could not stop jittering. He got up for at least five to six phone calls. And he was on the phone the whole time moving his other arm and he would get up and smoke at my door, my shop and leave the door open. So I had to smell a cigarette smoke. I asked multiple times. Um, and this guy just like straight up, would not listen to me about like, Hey, you need to sit still. He caused multiple like hiccup marks. But like, I was trying to tell the guy lucky for him when people are like that, I have a tendency to go, okay, if I'm going to fill this area in black, when I pull this line, if this dude moves, I'm going to the inside, meaning I'll be able to cover it. Like I'll be able to black, like solidly pack black over top of it. You, he won't even notice it's there. I'll clean up the edge of the line. Good to go. Bam, bam. This dude was butching like symmetrical shapes and like causing me to just like try to make it work. It was unreal. And I was like trying to work with this guy. I'm like, dude, you got to stop moving. Like there was one time where I was literally on a shoulder cap and I'm like, bruh, sit still. And he leans forward on me while I'm pulling a circle. And it, it's, it wasn't a circle. Let me just put it that way. It was one of the worst experiences, but some of the best experiences were Polynesian. So with this guy who had the worst cover up ever, I mean the worst I've ever encountered. And if you're listening, buddy, I love you to death. You guys are the best uh, clients ever. Um, you know, you're, you're always some people I think about. I've had some amazing clients in my career and uh, there's always some clients that stick out and you guys, uh, my painting hangs on my wall. I think about you guys all the time. Um, but he, he had a rough cover up. So I was like, I just brain blasted like Jimmy Neutron, like brain blast. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to do a grayscale Polynesian sleeve. And grayscale is like not black and gray. So black and gray is using like a gray wash. Grayscale is using colorized gray. I'm going through the colorized tones of white and gray and using white and grays to uh, basically essentially layer over um, this sleeve. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to do heavy blacks where it's black. And I could saturate black. That's one thing I, I mean, I saturate colors very good. Like, but black ink, I can get in the skin really, really well. Uh, it's been one of my biggest compliments for sure of my career is, damn, bro, that's like my one leg that I'm working on, on myself. Oh, everyone's always like, dude, even artists are like, how'd you get that black so dark, dude? Like, holy crap, that's saturated. And it's like three, four years healed now. Um, so yeah, that's one thing I pride myself in, not to like float my own ego or toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm very, very uh, assured of my skill with saturation. So I told him this, I told him the plan. I drew up a design. Um, I drew up a design because I told him, Hey, the least I can do if I'm going to do uh, Polynesian is I freehand it. Um, and I do draw it on with Sharpie and we do everything freehand. 
Well, nine and a half sessions later, man, this dude finally has something that's a beautiful. He gets compliments on his arm all the time. The only part you he doesn't have finished is like the top half of his uh, bicep. It's sort of outlined. You can sort of see some of the stuff we started. Um, he swells up because he has a lot of scarring, so we have to take it really, really slow in this area. We were cruise control on the forearm because the skin was a little more resilient, tighter, um, and he had a little bit more uh, – less scarring on the on he had a little less scarring on the forearm he had a little more scarring on the bicep so um but at least he can cover it hey there home growers i'm parker curtis and i have great news for you you can grab four free blueberry autos right now at homegrown cannabis co all you have to do is add code blue 420 when you check out and you'll get a free pack of amazing seeds worth 78 dollars this is one of our best-selling strains, and it's perfect for beginners and advanced growers, especially for those looking for a quick, easy harvest. As far as her numbers go, you're looking at a THC level of 20% from an indica-dominant plant, 16 ounces per square meter of yield, 8 to 10 weeks in flower, and juicy flavors that will blow your mind. Remember to use code BLUE420, and when you've grown these out and get to experience the sweet taste of blueberries, make sure to reach out on Instagram and tell me what you think. See you in the garden. And it's not like something that's going to be uh, horrifying and he's getting compliments versus like he used to get all sorts of comp uh, like comments, not compliments. He used to get all sorts of comments before on his uh, messed up sleeve and he would have to relive that thought and all that stuff. So people don't realize that, you know, uh, tattoos can lead to memories really fast when people ask you questions. So, you know, in that one moment with cannabis, I brain blasted so hardcore and I was like, yo, I'm going to do this. I got this. All right. And we did it. And so that's my little story to my one like Jimmy Neutron brain, brain bat blast where cannabis really helped me. There's been a couple tattoos that really uh, pushed my brain for drawing, but most of them really kind of flow and I get really a lot of ideas and I bounce off the ideas off my clients and we really just kind of create the piece together. So this one was a full on, he was like, do whatever you can, man, because uh, I can't be picky. And I was like, oh, sh all right, let's just uh, try to do this. So. There's many forms of art, and I just blab about tattooing, but there's tons and tons of forms of art. And personally, I like to draw with a weird watercolor method that's kind of like the tattoo method. I use tattoo ink, and I just use it like watercolor. Um, it's my favorite form to draw. Um, so I'll show you some pieces. The one above this that I'm about to show you is like a little graffiti piece I did years back um, with some of my buddies. It was like an old, old dubstep group, which is another form of art, music. We're going to be talking about that here in a second. Um, and if you guys are on the podcast listening and you're out viewing, so this is kind of like, this is kind of like the showtime. I'll be showing some of the cannabis art that I have done. And I'm going to go ahead and tell the story of my friend's EDM group, uh, some of the EDM stories and that branch of things, because that is another massive form of art that I think stimulates in the mind when people smoke cannabis, aside from drawing or tattooing or spray painting or uh, you know, any form of like paint type art or, um, anything like that. I think, uh, pastels, anything like that. I think, uh, music of all forms is such a wonderful uh, thing, whether it's singing, rapping, um, even like dancing to hip hop or, uh, you know, doing any dancing, dancing in general. Um, but like all that stuff, uh, uh, bass playing, ukulele, violins, all of it. It's, it's amazing. Digital audio workstation work. It's all, it's all phenomenal. So the, the first one I did, I'll show you guys, is just a very, very, very old piece that I drew years and years back as a young lad 
doing an EDM rap group, or I think this is a rap group or something. I think this is a rap group. I don't even remember if this, I, no, this was an EDM group. This is a dubstep group with my buddies. This is a hundred percent a dubstep group with my buddies. This is like what we were going to do. We were going to get like slender man outfits because you were those hip kids in high school that were going to go do those, those one, one suits. When the one suits came out, we were going to be those w- cool blue man group type Daft Punk people. You know, it's never been done before. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> but so that's like some of the graffiti style of stuff I used to do and just doodle with markers. Now, this is the more, uh, actual art I've done recently. That's like a cannabis photo. Um, and yes, this is, this is the real size. This is watercolor paper. So you are looking, I've, this is, uh, one of the plants that I grew. It's blueberry autoflower from homegrown. Now, now EDM group, let's talk about it. Did I go anywhere? Did I, do I do things musically? Yes, I do. I do a lot of things musically, actually. Um, the next few pieces are music pieces as well. Uh, I won't, I won't say too much of who these people are, but I have some, I know it's hard to see on camera cause it's the glare and everything like that, but, um, you guys should know who the rap God is. You guys should know who the rap God is, but yeah, I do music. I did EDM for many years. I actually, uh, randomly, <laughs> if you guys want a true story of how I found out that I could even do music. So my brothers are very musically inclined. Uh, I tried to play tenor sax. I was very good at tenor sax actually. I don't, I shouldn't say I, I tried to play. I was actually very good. And it's an instrument I will be purchasing in the future and re learning how to, uh, uh, read music again. Uh, it came very naturally. I was very good at it. And my band teacher put me as the, uh, main tenor sax. And I had like a Christmas solo in the little Christmas thing that we did. It was eighth grade. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, now I did not continue in ninth grade because the band was so expensive and we did not have the money for it. Well, mostly because my parents put money into my brother's music careers instead of mine. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> um, yeah, I could, I could rant about that shit my parents did for years but anyways i know we all have issues it's christmas time i'm trying to keep it chill and happy and we are trying to think about good times right uh so my brothers were very musically inclined i tried to play drums i wasn't eh, i wasn't that good i tried to play guitar i could play bass um but i was not good at guitar i it did not come to me i was not that good at it my brothers were just freaking naturally talented at guitar, drums, everything, singing. They, they were very great at, um, and it was just insane. Like, so I started, I was, <laughs> don't drink when you're young kids. This is not a good thing. <laughs> but like most of the people from the nineties and early, uh, two thousands, I, um, 100%, uh, drank a little early than I should have. And I was drunk one night and I started freestyling to a beat because, uh, all, all the whole group of friends were like trying to rap crappily. You know, we were all having fun and they're just doing it and they're roasting each other. And I just start rapping and, uh, it was actually very good apparently. And I don't remember the first one. I just remember I did it for like two minutes or three minutes and I like roasted all my friends and I roasted my brothers and it was really funny. Everyone was laughing, but everyone was like afterwards, like, dude, where did that come from? Like, have you ever rapped? And I was like, no, like I just, I listened to a lot of it. Like I, I like rap a lot. And so I started freestyling a lot more. And I will say, I won't to my own horn. Very, very rarely do I do it in front of people, but I had done it in front of the, at a few shows and I did get to freestyle with a very, very awesome, amazing rapper, um, Mac Miller on a small stage in Florida, which was really fun. So that was a lot of cool. Uh, that was a really cool experience, but 
I'm not going to talk about that because I'm going to get all sad. Anyways. And so, yeah, I, I do like freestyling. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of good at it. I like it. I do it. I do it here and there very rarely. But, you know, I've done it in front of people. I've done it with, uh, with some cool people on stage. And I was pretty good at it. So I've always gotten compliments on it. Um, so that was the first time I ever figured out I could do music things. And then from there, it stemmed into um, smoking a lot of weed freestyling with my friends and then uh we got into electronic music and making electronic music because we were all getting into like tech stuff and like tech stuff was blowing up and anything's free at the pirate bay that's all i'm gonna say uh <laughs> i just get i joke i joke buy your software kids because you gotta you, you really do support support the people i actually i did purchase the uh the fruity loops copy i have so that is actually purchased and the ableton is purchased so yeah, I did. I did. I was a good boy. I bought a launch pad and then I bought, I forget what else I bought, like an SI or something like that, uh, MPC 40 or something like that. So I started getting into like digital audio workstations and I started doing, getting into a lot of that work. And I definitely enjoyed, um, enjoyed it a ton. I had a lot of fun doing dubstep stuff, which was like, you know, I showcased that one image of my buddies. Um, so that was like early on days. And then some of the crazier stories was it ended up developing where um, my group of friends I was doing that stuff with that I did the drawing with, we never really took it anywhere legitimately. We just had fun with it as friends. We were stoner buddies, stoner buddies that would play video games or make music together and just have fun. And actually one of them's my business partner to this day. So we're, we're still stoner buddies, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, I ended up going and I continued with music and I found a couple other groups. Uh, I found one guy that I did music with for a bit. And then I found a group that I did music with for quite some time. Um, we got to do some really cool things. Actually, if you ever lived around the Florida area in the St. Augustine area, um, there was a chance that, um, in specific years in 2000, I think it was like 2013, maybe 2014, um, might've been the right time. Uh, I was doing a lot of the, we my group was DJing a lot of bars and it was a ton, a ton of fun. And we actually threw a lot of the events at whiskey river, um, I know I was bringing like just on my call sheet alone, we were, I was bringing like 150 people usually per night to hundred people per night, just from college and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, one of my buddies from the original group that I drew the drawing of actually showed up when we were DJing and I have some pictures of that. We went to hard. It was, it was a little fun night. We, we packed that place so crazy. We actually, the place got shut down cause we kept consistently over packing it. Um, not, Hey, that's not my, that's management and they let people in, but, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. And then we did have a townhouse that we did a couple shows in that they had the sound ordinance. The group that I had had the sound ordinance in. And oh, oh, before I tell that, let me go back to Whiskey River. Before Whiskey River got shut down, the, one of the cool things from Whiskey River twice happened was we did get to throw parties for um, two of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was a lot of fun. Like I'm not a big football person, so I don't know much about it. I know a lot of people give Jacksonville Jaguars a bunch of crap. Um, but the gentlemen that we partied, like they had the little section, like VIP section behind us and all their like gathering and everything. Uh, they were very, very nice, uh, super respectful. And one of them kept coming over. He was like, yo, this shit is no like, yo, he's like bobbing his head. He's like, I don't know how to do any of this shit. This shit is crazy. Cause he's like, you know, you're talking about a generation that's from like the eighties and turntables and we're all like digital and everything like that. So it was really cool. He was super rad. I cannot remember their names to save my, save the life of me because 
um a it's extremely loud and i've probably met dozens of, i've probably met easily two three thousand people in between that time period so I, i'm sorry um uh i i'm not good with football if i was like a football fan or star i probably would like you know like i was like ah you know like i probably remember them but i i, I didn't um and i like not that they weren't memorable memorable people they showed up very memorably i remember their faces their whole get up they had like they were all super like iced out. Like as far as like they had the, you know, the chains, the rings, they had all the girls with them. They had the champagne bottles and all the bottles that they wanted. They, it was, the, it was, it was very surreal seeing. It was the first time I saw like a true, like, holy shit, that's like a real club experience. Like they, damn bro. We're like DJing for this. Um, and then one of the other cool experiences at whiskey river, whiskey river, which sonar, if you're watching buddy, I would love, absolutely love to have you. I should, I should actually message you. I, sh I need to hit you up. I wonder if you even remember me. You probably do. I remember messaging you like three years ago and complimenting your song and you were like, oh shit, I remember those days. So I should hit you up. We should have you on the podcast. And I think everyone would love to hear your cannabis stories and making, um, he won. So this is a guy, if you guys listen to EDM music and you're thinking like, this guy doesn't know Sonar. Yeah, I actually knew him as he, he showed me his project file uh, and gave me Ableton tips for what showing me the song that he won the EDC uh, music, like, like the creator award where they like pick a creator randomly that sends in a song, you know, of the whole, like thousands of people submit their song. So he won it and got his, he got his thing, like a ticket out to EDC and played at EDC. Well, he showed me that project file and that's for fact, if he was on the show, him and I could chat about that. I 100% remember. And it's one of my favorite experiences. Actually, he gave me a lot of tips that helped mold my path in Ableton. And it was so cool seeing how he set up his, uh, how he DJed and set up Ableton. And it was so professional. He's so, he was so beyond what I was doing. Like this man, this was his passion, his dream, and he's made it his passion. Um, if you check out Sonar, his music un unremarkable and he sings, he's a really good singer. And it was really cool because, uh, he was unveiling some of his music at whiskey river and it was just, it was so cool to see. And he, he allowed me to come back. Like the DJs kind of had this booth that you could come hang in and the DJs never minded if other DJs hung out. Like there was this guy named Taylor Wells and a few others. And, um, there was a lot of people who were from, uh, were regulars and we'd all just kind of hang out, but he actually would let like, let me come in and kind of like watch him. It was really cool. It was, it was a wonderful experience, but Sonar we got to DJ with, um, in a sense. And like, you know, I got to see and, and meet and greet and kind of behind the scenes kind of thing before he blew up, um, which watching him blow up all the, all the years and over the years was so, so rad. And at that time, M4 Sonic, if you guys know anything about that, he's like the launchpad King. Uh, he came out and about, he's why I bought a launch pad, but I, I got to, see him uh like a year after i got done djing uh whiskey river and we and i'll get back to that one crazy story at the townhouse here in a second my fiance took us to it was like the first uh warp tour that had been had been to back to jacksonville in in countless years like they stopped going to jacksonville because jacksonville goes too hard and we trashed the place and i don't say we because i never track i don't trash venues i go to i legitimately don't like i won't throw a cup on the ground i think it's stupid like someone has to clean that up like don't trash the place there's trash cans like we're like it doesn't matter if you're intoxicated or not like dude if you want nice events and concerts to come to your place in your area and you don't want them to get shut down you got to keep it clean you got to respect it we came from an era where we were throwing like airport hangar raves and stuff back in the day before I was personally DJing, I would go to airport hangar raves and stuff like that. And no one, we would all clean up after ourselves. Like we were in the middle of the woods. We didn't want to get caught. We didn't want to trash a place. We want to go back and have it nice. Um, but anyways, 
So I got to meet uh, M4 Sonic and I have a picture with him and he got to sign my M4 Sonic hat and he gave me some tips on the launch pad. So my career never really stopped with music and cannabis. I always, I always kind of smoke and make music. It just kind of happens. <laughs> I'll hear a beat and I'll start like freestyling in my head and write a song or something like that. And, uh, back to, a little, a little back. So, so before I met M4 Sonic and while I was doing those DJing days, I know I'm kind of skipping around here. Um, but pretty much after the whiskey, the whiskey river, after all that whiskey river stuff, sonar and all that, uh, whiskey river got shut down and, uh, there was a townhouse that they did throw one, uh, two shows at that, like two parties at they were allowed to this, the group I was in had the sound ordinance for this townhouse. I don't know the whole ordeal, but they were legally allowed to. So it was actually really cool. Well, Cruella showed up at one of them cause they were in town. And I just remember me being in the corner behind, um, my buddy Tyler and Chris, who were DJing like up in the front DJing, like we were all kind of just jumping around, you know, and Joey's to my left and Devin's to my right. And we we're all just like jamming. And next thing you know, Johanna and, um, Hakula, or I think that's her name. Um, and rain man just walk up and the two girls have a bottle and like one has one bottle. The other has another bottle, bro. Those girls can drink heavy and hard. And I don't know if they still do that anymore. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, Corella girls I would definitely not recommend that um, but yeah they showed up at a house party and dude they brought like 150 plus people in this freaking townhouse and it was me I I there had to be 100 people in this townhouse it was unreal unreal absolute absolute unreal adventure of a lifetime seriously insane so yes without further ado I'll show you some more art um, not talking about my DJ days but that was kind of like the glory days of DJing for me um, and here's some of my art. So this is kind of like more of my portrait art that I really like doing. Um, this is just black and gray and a little bit of white. So if you've ever watched the show Dexter, I did the show, I did him like sitting there with the have a killer day mug and like the blood splatter all on him. And then I did some, I did Dexter and like blood splatter and graffiti behind him. Um, but yeah. And then this one is actually a picture of my fiance and I, this is the, year i actually the day i proposed so yeah this is the when i proposed to her the trip i proposed i should say um this is in colorado so pretty cool um i like this one it's one of my favorite i even have like the little reflection and stuff uh, i was pretty proud of this one pretty proud of this one and then uh you know i i like to go to color so we gotta switch it up movies bam do you like to get high and get into movies because i feel like most of the directors like steven spielberg are just making movies high as shit like there's no way that I'm making music high and I'm doing tattoos high and this man's not getting higher than devil's ass just fucking chiefing away, bro. And I don't know how that even makes sense because like hell's below. I We're just going to go along with what I said because it came out of my mouth that I didn't think twice. So there's the Joker. For those, uh, for those listening to the podcast, I've switched over to my color portraits of the Heath Ledger Joker holding the card. I was fortunate enough to actually uh, – is my thing going to focus? Yo, ayo. Focus, dog. There we go. Uh, I was fortunate enough to actually get to tattoo this one. So I was, I was, I'm hyped on that one. And then we do have the Jared Leto Joker. I know everyone gives it shit. But I had a lot of fun with this one. I enjoy it. I enjoy I enjoy, I enjoy drawing Jokers. What can I say? I got to draw the Joaquin Phoenix one. I don't know how to say his name. But there's Venom. I drew a Venom. Good, good old... Good old Venom. I bet you. I bet you guys didn't know Chronic could draw like this. I bet you didn't. You've seen some. I have some pictures in the background. I don't know if you guys ever see him. Where's my finger? Right there. Ah, right there. Right there. There's one. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fox. I drew a fox way back when. I don't know. It, just random design. And then we're going to stop here. It's your boy Manson. Not not Charles Manson. Marilyn Manson. Sorry. I should I should specify that because everyone's watching that damn dom- Dahmer. That is not art. <laughs> okay. On that note, gang, I think the last thing we're going to leave off because this is a cannabis podcast and I have to 110,000% talk about cannabis on this podcast and how growing and cultivating cannabis is absolute art. If you guys were watching that, uh, if you guys were watching the video, you're going to see me. I almost dropped my phone on my toe there. Uh, I had to keep a straight face. It hit my pinky toe. That really hurt. And uh, I like tried to like mute it. So I don't know if my mic picked that up, but that was grand. Grand duel. Uh, but essentially, essentially, if you're watching and you're listening to the podcast, another form of cannabis art is something I like to do, which is I like to occasionally collect leaves and spray them with hairspray and put them in little card sleeves or like little sheet sleeves and keep them all nice and pristine. And uh, this is a very special plant of mine. It is known as Freak of Dank. And I very much like its pattern. It's a freak show cross that I am going to be working with. It's not my breed. I did not breed that tree. Not gonna say anymore. But uh, yeah, so I have some I have some breeders essentially uh, that I keep because uh, yeah, they may they may like yellow and stuff here and there if you don't spray them right. But they tend to stay nice and green. They really do. They don't go too bad. But this gives me an idea of their leaf shape in the future. This gives me an idea of their leaf shape in the future as well as screw it. I like it. It's cool. It's a cool keepsake. It's really cool for time. I really, I really enjoy it. It's adorable. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to keep doing it. It's a cute little art form. And that is about the only thing left for me to talk about aside from 3d printing. Cause I think that is the last cannabis thing that we could talk about. Uh, if you're into art and you like to smoke, one of my favorite things to do is smoke and go on Thingiverse or Cult 3D and look at all the nifty plant help ties and 3D pot type things. Everything they have for cannabis cultivation nowadays is awesome. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I have a 3D printer. I like 3D print stuff. You know what I'm saying? Little 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 Elsa over here. I just showed like a I showed a Dobby and an Elsa on screen. If you I have a Dobby bus and an Elsa bus, I gotta paint these for my niece and nephew. I'm a little late because they're supposed to be due for Christmas and I'm recording this on 1220 and I have, <laughs> I have three, three nephews and, and one niece that I have to paint figures for. It ain't happening by Christmas. I love you gang, but I'm sorry. I can't smoke that much weed. <laughs> no, but I, I did want to finish this off on kind of like all various art forms. And this episode was kind of just a, a spark, some motiv- some motivation and creativity in your brain. Everyone always thinks of art as something that you have to be so good at it. And I don't want you to think like, okay, I, I know I do. I'm, I'm probably better than most on uh, most of my drawing skills. I'll be realistic. Most people don't draw in the, in the realm that I draw. It took me many years to practice. If I showed you the original images that I drew in high school, you would probably think, what? How are you even that good? Like that shit looks like trash. And, and it really did. It, it, honest opinion, if I'm being a, artist critiquing myself yes however 
don't ever let your skill uninspire you. You have to start somewhere. And, and if you aren't trying to be an artist, just take it as something for fun. Doodle for fun. Draw for fun. Go go, uh, look into 3D printing for fun or resin casting or game making or TCG making or any form of the billions of art forms out there. There's so many various things that you could get into that is artistic and artsy. Hell, making cannabis art you know i've seen stem art which is crazy where people make pipes out of the stems let me think what else i've seen I've seen a lot of cool art i like the little resin cast art where people resin cast nugs that shit's really cool so you know what I've, my point is get yourself motivated get yourself inspired Smoke a lot of weed <laughs> for real. So some of the, I'm a, the, the, I know I keep saying I'm going to leave off. No, the last thing I will say, my favorite, my favorite three strains to consume to get myself euphoric and in the mindset of artsy wanting to do stuff, Jack Herrera, Durban Poison, and Strawberry Cough. And I'm not just saying that because I've talked to Kyle Cushman and I love, and you know, it's like. Cushman's no, I, strawberry coughs are very artsy strain. Jack Herrera, uh, anytime we smoke that or eat that in edible form, my fiance and I end up either doing artsy shit or going and hiking for like five to 10 miles. It's unreal. And, uh, Durban poisons just, who doesn't love Durban? It's a wonderful strain. It always gets me motivated to do artsy stuff or clean. So yeah. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of art. I hope you all have a merry, merry Christmas and happy new year. I have really, really enjoyed this holiday season and maybe I've sparked some ideas for you guys to give as gifts because there's a lot of time I do give art as gifts. There's a lot of art pieces that I've given as gifts over the year. And even if you can't do art yourself, tattoos are always a gift. Maybe you have a significant other that wants a tattoo or a painting. Oh, which... I never mentioned my artist I did the cover up on or my, my client I did the cover up on. He gifted me a Thomas Kincaid painting that I hold dear to my heart. Thomas Kincaid is my number one painter, everyone. He is the painter of light. So, wow, I guess I saved that little like secret till the end. Look at me. All right. Without further ado, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Hit that smash. Uh, hit that. Hit smash that like. I can't talk. Smash that like button and comment down below um, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more chronic stories. And maybe I'll talk about cannabis and pets next time. So comment down below if you want to hear that. And, uh, you know, show Homegrown Cannabis Co. some major love. Go to homegrowncannabisco.community. Sign up to the forum for free and ask me some questions or check out. MD Buds has some serious threads on terpenes. I'll tell you what, it gets all sciency. It's a really long thread. It's an amazing read. I learn a lot every time I get on it. So, I'm going to put that in there every time because, yeah, it's a pretty good thread. I'm not going to lie. It's actually been a wonderful read. So A plus MD buds. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you're teaching me. Uh, so, yeah, happy growing and much love, everyone. Peace. Thanks, Chronic, for another amazing podcast. And thank you, home growers, for listening. Remember to like, follow, and give the podcast a five-star rating. Remember to use code BLUE420 over at homegrowncannabisco.com to pick up your free blueberry auto seeds with anything you buy. Happy growing and see you in the garden.